Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. All right. Good morning and welcome. Uh, show of hands out here. Who, who, who uh, asked for help this week from someone? Anybody ask for help? Nobody? Then you're like me. Uh, we, uh, Kevin and I talk all the time, and, and uh, we're not very good at asking for help. And part of the reason that, that I don't like to do it is, is I'm real type A, and I like things to be done my way. And uh, if, if I don't ask for help, then things get done my way. If I ask for help and somebody helps me, then i got to sit there, and, and uh, there's a risk involved of, of things not going exactly like I want. Um, I grew up in a kind of a community where um, I don't think I don't think we did it the right way. We everybody sort of kept a tally, okay? So if you if you went and helped a neighbor, then in your mind they owed you the same amount of hours, um, and people kind of kept a record of of who helped who and how much, and and it seemed like uh, you always owed somebody, and and I don't think that's the right way to do it. Um, I've got. A couple of guys uh, that really helped me a lot on the ranch out here at the Long X. This this is our uh, kind of our home base here. Kevin lives here, and, and this is our headquarters. Then we lease some cattle or lease some land across the highway here. And I've got a couple of fellas, uh, Brett and Gary, that helped me out here a lot, um, and I always feel guilty asking for their help, and I shouldn't, but I do because I because I know they got things to do. They got busy schedules. And I ask them at the at the most inopportune times. I don't ask them on you know Saturday morning at 10 after they've had their breakfast. You know it's usually short notice or it's usually at a time when they've got other things to do. And 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 they're great about rearranging their schedule. But I can't stop myself from, from kind of feeling guilty for taking their time. But but those guys don't ever make me feel guilty. They they're that's what they want to do. That that's their opportunity to serve. I'm they're. It's a blessing for them to be able to help out here, uh, uh, but it still doesn't make it easier to ask for help. I, this this place that we got here frustrates me to no end because we have to cross cattle across this highway all the time. In order to work cattle, we have to cross the highway, and I can't do that by myself because someone's got to watch, so they so they don't go up or down the highway, and someone has to watch traffic, and so I've petitioned Kevin to tunnel under the road. I've petitioned for a bridge. I've petitioned for some big automatic gates where we can close the highway off, and then I don't have to ask for help. I can just do it all by myself. Um, but this setup is God's way of saying, no, I, I don't like that. I don't want that. He, he wants us to work together. He wants us to ask each other for help. He wants us to, to offer help and, and take it and not feel guilty and not, not, not have strings attached. It should... It's just because we're Christian brothers and sisters that we should be doing that. And so God's sense of humor is apparent uh, that, he, that he makes me cross that highway all the time. And I always have to ask people for help. Um, and, and so speaking about that, I'm not only bad about asking people for help, a lot of times I'm ask, bad about asking Jesus for help. Because usually two reasons. I'm real independent. And a lot of times I don't really think I need his help. 
which is false because everybody does and he and he points that out all the time i need it i need his help the other reason is I, a lot of times i feel like he's got better things to do than to help me like like i'm not worthy like there's other people that need help more than i do so so why would i waste his time asking for myself um kathy and i were talking about this last night and, and she most of her prayers are for other people and a lot of times she forgets to pray for herself and, and to ask God to help her through her trials and tribulations. And, and I think I'm that way a lot of times too. I, I just don't feel like I need to muddle his, his schedule with my stuff. Well, God's schedule, he, I mean, he, can, do, he can do everything at once. So, uh, um, so it, it's, it's a false, selfish thing uh, to, to not ask for help, to not ask God for help, to not, not ask each other. And uh, Kathy's been working on this uh, this fundraiser gala that we're doing. If you don't know about that, we're we're uh, we're doing a fundraiser on June 16th, and and the purpose of that is to uh, raise twenty thousand dollars to put up a, a shop over here. And we've got the the shop has been donated. Okay. Uh, what we need to do is we need to get the engineering plans, we need to do the soil test, we need to grade it, we need to pour a bunch of concrete, and inside of that we're going to put a walk-in freezer. Um, we've got the condenser that's been donated already, uh, but, but we want to we offer Long X Ranch Raised Beef to anybody that, that's hungry, okay, for free. And, and we want them to be able to walk through that door, open up the freezer, and get what they need without feeling guilty about it without feeling like they owe us anything um, to do that we need help we and, and, and when we're not neither one of us are good at asking for help we don't pass a plate at church uh, during our services we don't do a lot of uh, you know fundraising activity uh, but but we're doing this fundraiser because we need help with this okay um, we're asking I'm just standing up here asking everybody here and everybody online uh, to help us out with this. Um, you, the locals can help by buying a ticket and, and showing up at this fundraiser. If you can't make it, uh, we'll have a catalog available and, and, and we'll take your bids on the phone. Uh, we got some excellent items. The, the, the people that are watching online uh, will have that catalog available online for them to look through and, uh, and you'll be able to bid the night of the the auction, both on the silent auction items and on the live auction. We'll have it set up to where you can do both. Um, Kathy's got, got a table back there, and she's uh, displaying a couple of the things that we've had donated. All, all the stuff we've that we've had donated is cut, it's custom made, it's handmade, it's new, it's, it's, it's not stuff that, that somebody pulled out of their shed that they haven't used in the last 10 years. Okay, it's, it's excellent cowboy gear, it's, it's handcrafted, it's made especially for us. Uh, we've asked the artists and the, and the donors to pray about it and, and, and do what's on their heart. And, and we've gotten some unique, excellent items. Um, I think they're going to pan over there and show that, that uh, pencil drawing of the horses. That was done by Carmel Timmons. A lot of you locals know Carmel or know of her. She's been an artist in, in she, she's lived in Elbert up until this year. She just recently moved to Sheridan, Wyoming. Uh, yeah, but uh, she's an outstanding pencil artist and well known. She's she was featured at the National Western 
uh, Cora's Art Show exhibit a couple of years ago, and she's been in that show every year. She's donated us that as a, as a farewell to Elbert County. Um, and so that's a limited edition print, and uh, it'll be available. And the other thing that Kathy's holding up there is a, I think it's a steer, might be a bull skull that's been, that's been uh, carved. Um, and that's unique. I've never ever seen anything like that. I've seen skulls that were painted on and blinged up and, and things like that, but I've never seen one carved like that. And so that, that's just a couple of the things that we're displaying today. Uh, and uh, those, will, those will be available. Um, and I, Kathy asked me a while ago, it's probably been a month ago, if I knew of any rawhide braiders who would who would make something for us for this for this uh, auction, because she wanted some rawhide work in in it, and I like I know quite a few rawhide braiders, um, but I know one guy especially his name is Jim, and uh, I really like his work and I really like him and and uh, I said yeah I know a guy. And she's like well okay. I'm not good at asking for help. I don't. I don't want to call somebody and ask him for something. Like, yeah, I'll give you his name. Has that help enough? She's like, no, that's not quite enough. I'd like you to call him and see if he'll donate something. Not really my cup of tea, guys. I, she's good at. I'm not good at that. I I don't like doing that because, uh, especially a, a guy that works hard at a craft with his hands and 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 Jim's kind of got some arthritis and stuff. It's harder for him to braid. He's I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know beg for stuff and you know um, and so I didn't do it because I didn't want to I didn't want to ask for help uh, and a while while back she she asked again if 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 I'd contacted him and said well I don't have his phone number which was true I didn't lie I don't have his phone number so sorry I can't call him <laughs> you know too bad <laughs> well she's pretty resourceful so she showed up with his phone number the other day. She said, will you call him? Yeah, I'll call him. So that evening I picked up the phone and and uh, I, I re really was afraid. I really was. I, honestly, I, I was nervous because I figured I was going to lose a friend. Because when you when you call somebody like that and ask them, now, now they think, oh, this guy's just always after my stuff. And I was nervous and my mouth was dry and I called Jim and he's, he's living in Nevada. Uh, he's a good horseman, good bridle horseman. He branding, and so we talked about bridle horses and branding for as long as I possibly could. Uh, and I could tell he was kind of want me to get to my point. So I, I finally said, Jim, this is what we're doing. We're we're doing this fundraiser. We're trying to feed feed people. Um, and I said, Would you be willing to help? Absolutely. What do you want? Shoot, I haven't even thought that far ahead. I just assumed he's going to say no, and, and it would be done. Absolutely, I'll help. What, what do you need? I said, honestly, Jim, what, whatever's on your heart, you pray about it, and you, and you send us whatever you feel is what you want to, want to do. And so uh, just a couple days ago, a box showed up, and, and uh, I opened it up, and, and inside was a beautiful Bozal that he'd braided for us, and, and with a with a hanger and, and main hair reins, a full hackamore setup, and on, on top of that was a really intricate little bosalita. It goes underneath a, a spade bit, uh, which was really cool. But the coolest part is the note that was with it, and I'm hoping this didn't blow away. 
This is what Jim sent me. Ty, your call was an answer to prayer. I've been praying for some way to use my rawhide work for the Lord. So you made my day and year. Thank you for thinking of me to help. Jim. So I, I showed a tremendous lack of faith in not, not wanting to do this. Uh, but God has a funny way of, of working things out for us, doesn't he? And, and Jim had been praying for a way to use that. And, and, he, and he, he'd been praying for a long time. And when I made that phone call, it answered his prayer. And so it answered our prayer, too, because, because we'd, we'd asked for help. And so God meshed that, that together for us. And uh, it, it really taught me something about being afraid to ask for help and, and worried about it. Uh, I don't worry so much about that anymore. Um, when, when we ask people to help us out, it, it gives them an opportunity to be blessed. It gives them, a, them an opportunity to, to do something that they've been wanting to do. And, uh, throughout this process, that that's what Kathy's been finding more and more is that uh, people want to help, they just don't know how. They and 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 when you ask them, all of a sudden it it, it opens up a door for them to uh, to offer something. And and uh, everybody that we've talked to about this has has been extremely generous. And uh, so it, it's a great life lesson, a great lesson in in asking for help, offering help, and and. Uh, we, uh, we, we really want you guys to, to be a part of this fundraiser thing. Um, if you want to know how to get involved, uh, you can go back and talk to Kathy back there at the table. We're going to be featuring some, some of the items every week until the, until the June 16th, until the fundraiser. It's a great opportunity to fellowship. Um, it's a beautiful location. Rex and Gina Younger have offered up their ranch, uh, which is a similar story to, to the one I just told you. They've been asking us for quite a while how they could how they could use that for the Lord, how they how how they could help us out, and we're like I I don't know how, you know, we we didn't really have an answer for them. I don't know. We could go have a barbecue down there or something and and look around, but and then all of a sudden this this uh, kind of all came together for them too, and, and it answered a prayer for them. So um, please help us be a part of this, and uh, love you, love all you guys, and appreciate you coming today. I'm gonna. Read a quick quick Bible verse if my Bible doesn't blow away. This is tougher than roping and brush. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and always ready to help in times of trouble. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for today and, and all the people that have helped with this ministry and, and uh, pray especially for, for those in the military and, and those that have lost loved ones and, and the souls of those who have who've given up their lives for this country and, and for our freedom. Uh, this weekend we need to take a moment to reflect on that and the sacrifices they've made for us. Uh, Jesus did the same thing. He gave up his life for us and, and it's the the highest form of love that there is and so uh, please be with all those who've been affected by war and, and lost loved ones and, and those that are active in the military now pray for their safety and and for for their uh, 
purpose and their mission. Pray for this ministry and all those who are involved and all, all those who help with it. And that you would continue to guide us, Lord, and, and show us the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Yeah, we got somebody going. Good morning, everybody. Uh, as you can see, we've got a baptism today. And if I'm not, Ty, is this the first one at the Long X? I think it is. We've had some outside ones before, but this will be the... Yeah, we did have one down at the, at the creek, not the crick. We're going to be having some speaking lessons. Learn how to talk like a Texan. And when he's talking about roping and brush, he's talking about Brush, Colorado. He doesn't know anything about roping and brush like in Texas. So anyway, <laughs> uh, welcome to Save the Cowboy. Uh, we do have a few other chairs here if, if anybody's interested. Uh, you know, uh, it, is a, it is a joyous weekend because we get to do this. But the reason that we get to do this is because of all of those that sacrificed themselves uh, so long ago uh, and, and gave their lives so selflessly. And, and that, that is what Memorial Day is all about. Um, you know, Veterans Day is about those that are alive. Memorial Day is about those that, uh, that gave their lives in service to our country. And we get to do what we do horseback out here on this ranch. Everything that you see here is solely because of the people that gave their lives so that we could do this. And uh, we lift up the families that, that have lost loved ones. And we pray for especially those uh, children that, that have lost parents. And uh, let us remember that today. Also, congratulations to all of our, our seniors that, that graduated. I know the parents were not sure if they would ever make it that far. Not intelligence-wise, but life-wise. Uh, I'm, I'm still holding out hope for Griffin. I got Riley done, and, and Griffin, we'll see if he makes it that far. No, he's a good kid. And so are all the people graduating. I, I have the honor of, of, doing the, of, the, of doing the opening and closing prayer today at Kiowa. This will be the third year in a row that I've, I've had the privilege of doing that. Except the last couple of years, they, the first year they said, would you do the invocation and benediction? I said, yeah, what is it? And they said, it's the opening and closing prayer. I said, why didn't you just say that? Because I didn't know what an invocation or benediction was. I don't, speak, I don't speak that. So anyway, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. I had a great, uh, it's that time of year when we're, when we're branding. And a busy time of year, uh, a time of, of rope burns and, and stories and blah, blah, blah. Well, last week we were out at, at, out at Carnahan's uh, at a branding. And, you know, when, when you're with a good branding crew, it, it really is amazing because, um, you know, w when you got people and, and they would never, ever call themselves this. So I'm going to call them out. When you've got people like Ty Weber, when you got people like Robert McLean, when you've got people uh, like Clint Lay, I mean, th th these guys are top hands. 
It is a pleasure to work with them. And, you know, I, I've been on some crews and I've been at some places where there was kind of some bickering and this person don't like this person and this person don't like this person and I don't want to rope with them. And, you know, there's some looking down the noses. I, I've been at those and I don't usually go back to those. But, you know what, when you go to a really good Brandon, you can always expect that the level is going to be raised up when there's top hands because there's no quarreling, there's no backbiting, there's no uh, mouthing off. You don't see a bunch of people drunk or anything because the more mature top hand you are, they're there to do a job. Now, granted, we'll do some jabbing at each other, you know, and, and, and stuff like that, and it's all in good-natured fun. And if you have never had the opportunity to uh, be in a Brandon pen and and go in there and pick up two hind feet on, on a on a really uh, squirrely calf or something. Maybe it's the last one, but to hear a bunch of cowboys that are watching you rope and hear them go whoop like that. Man, that is the best feeling in the world because what they're telling you is, I saw what you did, and it's a way cowboys say congratulations. And, man, when you hear three or four of those go off, man, it just sends chills down your back. It, it's, it's what cowboying is made of to see that type of unity. And um, I, I was a little bit concerned, though. I, I literally woke up in the middle of the night, and I thought I was going to have to call Robert McLean and, and apologize to him because to an outsider's point of view, there was this deal that happened that, that uh, Robert had drawn, uh, drug a calf to the fire, and I had too, and we were using Nord Forks. And if you don't know what that is, then you'll have to Google it because I don't, I don't want to explain it. But anyway, the horse holds the back end of the calves, and this, this uh, contraption holds the front end, and it just kind of really saves you on the ground crew if you don't have a, a big crew and so we're sitting there and when they popped the nord forks off of of robert's calf ashley carnahan had a razor blade in her in her uh, i think at that time she had it in her mouth because she was doing the cutting on the calf that i had and whenever they popped the nord fork off that calf jumped up before robert could get turned and ran right underneath my rope now robert's tied on because he's from texas now i'm on butthead I've got a calf, there's a rope in between us, and now a calf that is tied onto another horse has crossed under my rope and fixing to wrap around my horse's front feet, and I've got a young lady doing cutting with a razor blade in her mouth. Now, if you don't think that there is a wreck fixing to happen, you ain't never seen a wreck of that caliber. And so whenever I saw that calf coming that way, of course, he's tied on and he's wheeling around and he's just getting under my rope. And I go to hollering, hey, 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 hey. Well, to somebody that didn't know any better, it was Robert's calf. I was not yelling at Robert. Robert was doing everything right it was just one of those things that happened but to somebody that didn't know what was going on it would have sounded exactly like i was yelling at robert hey 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 hey! but what i was doing is i was trying to get that calf to go back because i didn't what was going to happen is we were fixing to people were fixing to get hurt but just as soon as that calf's nose crossed under my rope and headed for butthead's front legs all of a sudden, man, he goes shooting backwards because Robert had seen what had happened also, and he had his horse turned, and just in the nick of time, like top hands will do, there they go, and nothing happened. All I mean, it, it, the, I, I cannot tell you how close it was to a really bad wreck where people could have got hurt. 
but yet a top hand saw what was happening. He was on a good enough horse. He was prepared because that's what top hands do. And he went and everything just resumed like nothing had ever happened. Later on, we were we were near the end of the calves, and and, and Chris had gone out there, and, and Chris is roping just it, it amazes me. If you don't if you don't know Chris Carnahan, he's he's a really great friend of mine. He was born without the uh, without his arm from the right elbow down, and he gets out there and drags calves like everybody's tied on, and he he has a little prosthetic arm that he kind of controls his horse with and goes in there. And you think it's it's hard for me to rope with two hands. I I don't know how Chris does it, but we were there towards the end and he threw a really nice loop everybody yipped at him and as he was going to the fire man that that uh that calf kicked and kicked one leg out now you usually don't go to the fire without two feet now i don't know how they do it at other places but everywhere i've been you go to the fire with two feet not one now there are exceptions to that especially when you get towards the end with those waspy type the, the ones at the end are at the end for a reason they're hard to rope and so, anyway, he slipped a leg, and Chris had kind of stopped, and uh, all of a sudden, a couple of them cowboys yelled, just neck it. And, and not naked, okay, not naked, neck it, meaning put a, put a rope around its neck. And <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Speak English. <laughs> Entonces, uh, 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 that, that's not English. And so uh, I was in the pen, and, and I had the best shot, and I mean, everybody's watching right and i and i didn't really have my loop built but i pulled it out and i spun me a loop in there like like doc holiday you know just spinning your gun out there and everybody's watching and when they said when they said uh put a rope on it naked ty went like this you know for me to you know put a rope around its neck and boy i built a really fancy loop and i just just like a you know clay o'brien cooper just threw that loop out loop out there it didn't even hit the calf. Fell right in the dirt. And what I figured out that Ty wasn't telling me to neck it, he was telling me I was gonna choke it. And he was right, I choked. I choked, but we, we, but it, but it's fun working with those crews that get along, and I cannot, it, it just amazes me that whenever you have top hands, you have unity. When there's quarreling and, and fighting and envy and people nitpicking each other all the time, it's because you got people, you got gunsels in your crew. That's exactly what's going to happen. So if you ever go to a branding or you ever go to a gathering and people are rant, 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 it's because they, they ain't real cowboys. They're, they're definitely not top hands. When there's all that quarreling and jealousy and envy and nitpicking. And the same thing goes with churches, too. You ever been to churches? All they do is just color of carpet, style of music. Man, shut up. All of you, man, that just proves that there's no top hands in that group. And what I want is I want a crew full of top hands, man, where we're all looking together, everything, and, and nothing ever goes smooth. But even when there is a wreck, like I was telling you about, man, people just slide in there and get it all done just right. And James kind of talks about this in James chapter 4. Okay, James chapter 4. He starts that chapter. Now, he was writing a letter, but we split it up into chapters so we could find stuff easier. But in James chapter 4, starting in verse 1, he says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? He's talking to the churches. He's saying, Hey, man, why y'all squabbling? Why y'all always just nitpicking each other? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? 
You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. And, and people that quarrel and fight and that are always nitpicking each other, it's because something's wrong inside them. They're not a top hand because a top hand, man, you know, uh, a, a top hand isn't about going in there and being able to rope. And, and what was funny is it's great to watch a top hand rope because they'll just walk in there and they're just as calm as can be. They don't say anything. They don't do anything. They just kind of look around, walk their horse up real quiet, pick up two feet and go to the fire. And that's what I saw Ty doing. That's what I saw Clint doing. That's what I saw Robert doing. That's what I did once. And uh, <laughs> no, I did it. I did it like three or four times. And anyway, so uh, it, it's great to see those type of people, that type of unity without quarreling, without bickering, without nitpicking. So how do we get to that point? How do we get to that point, and James continues in verse 7 where he gives five steps to becoming a top-hand Christian. Five steps to becoming a top-hand Christian. The very first thing that, that, that James says is you've got to submit yourselves to God. You've got to submit yourselves to God. You, you, it can't be you've got to choose. Are you going to do it your way or are you going to do it God's way? You can't do both. You're going to do it your way or God's way. And a lot of people say, well, I don't know what God's way is. Well, that's because they're not going home and practicing. They're not going home and reading the Bible because the Bible is really, really clear on a lot of issues, maybe not specifics, but general guidelines on how to conduct ourselves, how to conduct your business, how to conduct your finances, how to conduct your relationships. Nearly everything we could ever need to know is found in this good book. And Paul, uh, I mean, James says that if you want to be a top-hand Christian, that you've got to submit yourself to God. No more can you do it your way. Because, see, that's what a lot of Christians want to do. They want to be who they are. They want to be called Christians but do it their way. It can't work like that. It, 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 it can't. Submit yourselves, then to God. That is the first thing if you want to become a top-hand Christian where everything works smooth, even and, and there's going to be wrecks. You can't foresee everything that's going to happen. You don't know when that calf's going to get up and run underneath you, and I ain't talking about literally. I'm talking about as an illustration. There's going to be wrecks, but whenever, uh, whenever an organization or a faith or Christianity has is full of top-hands, man, everybody just, there's no blame, there's no getting mad, there's no yelling. There's no nothing. Everybody just fills in and does their job because that's what a top hand does. The second thing that, that James says to do is he says that you must resist the devil and come near to God and he will come near to you. Now, a lot of people, man, they, they, they like that, man. Resist that devil. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Look, man, if you're just resisting the devil and you're not turning towards God, you're fooling yourself because God says to you, no, no man can serve two masters. You're either going to serve the devil or you're going to serve God. And if you ain't serving God, you're serving the devil. we got to resist that urge to do things the way the world does them. Because Bible says that the ruler of this world right now is the devil. Jesus called the Pharisees. He said, you, you, uh, you follow your father the, the father, the devil who rules this world. He was talking to the religious people. If you're following the ways of the world, man, you're not doing it the cowboy way. You're not on God's outfit. You're not on his crew. 
You can want to be, but a lot of people, man, they, they don't want to rope and ride and practice and everything. They just want to put their Christian cowboy hats on and still do things the way the world does. You can't do it, man. So what Jesus said when he said, get away from me, for I knew you not. He's like, you don't ride for me, man. You look the part, but you're not riding for me because you haven't, number one, you haven't submitted to God. You're still doing things the way the devil does, or the way the world does. You're not resisting the devil. Man, he's come in and made his camp with you. You do everything the way the world does. Repentance means turning away from sin and turning to God. And the Bible says right here, come near to God and he will come near to you. Man, when you start taking steps towards God, he starts taking steps towards you. My, my, my little granddaughter is fixing to learn to walk. Man, she, she, she's pretty salty as long as you, you, you know, you're holding her hand. And she's taking a couple of steps here and there. But you know how it is. You get one person kind of holding her up with one hand and, or one arm. And then you put the person in front. And you're like, come on, come on, come on. And, and, and you got like two feet between you. But as soon as she takes that step, man, I can't help it. I step toward her also. Because that's what God does to us, man. Any little step you take, man, God takes three or four coming to get you. He ain't going to let you fall. Resist the devil, man. Turn away from this world in the way that it's the way that it operates with the quarreling and the bickering and the nitpicking and the jealousy and the slandering and the gossiping and the greed and all of that stuff. And turn towards God, man, and start taking some steps toward him. And he's going to start walking towards you. Think about the, uh, the prodigal son, man. The father saw his son a long way off and went towards him. After everything that boy had done, his father still loved him, and God loves you too. If you want to be a top hand, you've got to submit yourselves to God. You can't do it the way the world does. You've got to resist the devil, and you've got to come near to God, and he's going to come near to you. The third thing that James says is you got to wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He's saying that we're double-minded because we want what the world offers, man. We want that success. We want that fame. We want that, that money and that big house and living quartered horse trailer and all of this stuff. And God says, man, those things is what moth and, and rust will destroy, man. Store up your treasures in heaven. Think of those things, man, that, that will leave a real legacy. He says, wash your hands, you sinner. Now, is your hands on the inside or outside? Your hands are on the outside, right? Your heart, and he says, purify your hearts. Your heart's on the inside. I, ha I have been guilty of this, as many of us have been. Of Man, we, we act good on the outside, but we know deep inside that we ain't changed. We change in front of people. We act like Christians, but nothing has changed inside. But I also know some people that have changed inside, but they're scared to let people know that now that they believe in God and that they follow Jesus and that they're praying and everything. Man, their hearts have changed, but on the outside they hadn't changed. That's what God calls a double-minded person. He wants us to wash our hands. He wants us to be clean on the outside, but he wants us to be pure on the inside as well. Both. If you want to be a top hand for God, you got to submit yourself to God. you got to resist the devil and come near to God. you got to wash your hands of sin inside and outside. And you're going to have some, and most of that, washing of your hands and purifying your heart, you know what that's going to come in the form of? you got some hard decisions to make. Are you going to do it God's way or your way? You're going to do what's easy for you or right by God. That's what you got to decide. The fourth thing 
that James tells us if we're going to become a top-hand Christian, a good crew that works together, that even when there's wrecks, that, that everything runs smoothly, that we can take care of each other and look out for each other and encourage each other. The fourth thing he says is grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Well, that sounds horrible. Listen to that. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Grieve, mourn, and wail. What's he talking about there? You know, there, there, there comes a time, people. There comes a time. In just a little while, we're going to dunk a man in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that's done just that. He has looked at his life of sin, and he wants to rededicate himself. A lot of times I, I, I'm asked if I would baptize these little old kids. And most of the time, I don't ever say no. I ask one question. I says, have they grieved, moaned, and wailed at their sin? Has that little old kid done something heinous enough to fall flat on their face and beg God for forgiveness? Because that's what baptism is about, is for the repentance of sin. We've got to come to a point, and I hear people all the time, well, we're, we'll never, we're all sinners. Yes, we are, and that should, that should break our hearts. You're not going to be free. You're, ne you're going to make mistakes. You're going to continue to, to sin, but hopefully not as much anymore because we are no, no, no longer slaves to sin, but we're slaves to Christ. But how many times I see people just, eh, God will forgive me. Man, that should make you fall down on your knees and cry. The fact, because you know what, every time you sin, you know what that is? That's a lash that Jesus took. That's one of those thorns that punctured his eyelids. That's the blood that was running down. That's the spear that went into his side. Because see, he was punished for those sins that we flippantly, well, we'll never be free from sin. God forgives us. You know how he forgave you? By punishing his son for something that you deserved. For something that I deserved. That's what Paul's or James is talking about when he says, Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. There comes a time in your life as a Christian that you've got to come face to face with your sin and know that Jesus died for you. That he was, that, believe me, sin was punished and it was punished on the cross. That is what's called the good news. And the good news brings us ultimate joy, but it also should break our hearts that we continue to live exactly like we've been living time after. We keep making the same mistakes time after time after time. Grieve, mourn, well, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Five steps to becoming a top hand. I want Save the Cowboy to be full of top hands for God. We are part of the greatest outfit on earth, and it ain't Save the Cowboy. It's called the kingdom of God. Jesus opened up the ranch gate and said, anybody that believes on me can come through this narrow gate and cowboy for God. And what we're going to do is we're going to gather the lost and bring back those that are straight away, bandage those that are injured, strengthen those that are sick. We're going to build a storage building right over here, a little shop that's going to have a walk-in cooler where we're going to feed those that are hungry. Because Jesus said, anytime you give water to somebody that's thirsty or food to somebody that's hungry, you did it in my name. It's just like you doing it to me. We got to come to that point where we become a top-hand crew. And if, you, and if you're not growing, you're just getting in the way. If you ain't all in, get out of the way. Because we're going to go places. We're going to do things. And you know how I know you're supposed to go with me? Because you're here, you are here today, and you're listening.
And I know God's probably working on a lot of your hearts real hard right now. But if you want to be a top hand, we got to submit ourselves to God. We got to resist the devil. We got to come near to God and he'll come near to you. We got to wash our hands and purify our hearts. We got to change on the inside and the outside. We have to grieve, mourn, and wail, and change our laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. And then there's one more, and it's probably the hardest one of all. Years ago, I went on a 10-day cruise with just me, me and a buddy of mine. Went on this 10-day Royal Caribbean cruise, and I've told this story. It's one of my favorite in the world. And uh, so we go on this cruise, and my buddy is sick. He gets the flu, like, the day we get there. And he, like, spends nine days basically in bed. He'd get up. He'd try to be a trooper. You know, he was popping Sudafed and everything else that he could think of that he could get on the boat. And... Uh, the funnest thing they had on there that wasn't a show or anything, they had this big rock climbing wall. Well, I'd never seen a rock climbing wall before. So we would go over there and they'd put you in this little, you know, this little strapped diaper thing, you know, so you didn't fall down and they'd cinch it up and make you talk soprano. And, uh, and then they'd run it up there and you'd, you'd climb the wall and they'd keep you from falling down. And so we did that a couple of times, and them girls working, they said, hey, man, on the last day, on our last day at, at sea, we're going to have a rock climbing competition. And I thought that was cool because I thought we was all going to climb together and we was going to knock each other off, you know, kind of like uh, like the American Ninja Warrior or whatever, you know, you'd be kicking people off. I thought it was going to be fun, right? But that wasn't it. It was a timed competition. And so I thought, okay, about time to wrap it up. It's God's... My goodness. Hang on, everybody. West Texas whirlwind. Thank you, John. Oh, there goes my phone. So we get to this rock climbing competition, and it's a speed deal. So you, you climb up this wall, and we get there, and, 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 and my buddy's feeling better, and he's like, all right, we're going to go do this. So we go up there, and, and I'm literally dressed just like this, right, on a cruise. And so I, 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 go, I go walking up there, and there are like 250 people for this rock climbing competition. And so you had to write your name down and your age, and then they tallied everything up, and they drew a line, half, the younger half and the older half. I was the very last one in the young group. So I was the oldest person in the young group. So I'm like 23, something like that, with, with about seven years experience. And, and I am the oldest one in the young group. And they started with the older group and they all climbed and some of them couldn't even make it to the top. And then they started going and, and they got with the young group and there was some handy guys there. I mean, you know, they had their old hands taped up and the raws in and, you know, they had, I climbed the North Face or so, I don't know, just, you know, rock climbing guys. And I'm standing there in a pair of boots and a black cowboy hat dip in Copenhagen. I'm gonna climb that wall, right? And so anyway, it gets to be my buddy. He's about four years younger than me. And so he gets up there and they go, on your mark, get set, go. I mean, he scales that wall like Spider-Man. I'm like, oh my gosh. He gets back, he goes, dude, how was that? And I was like, man, that was amazing, dude. He's like, seriously? I said, dude, you were fast. He goes, really, are you just saying that? It's like, no, man, you were fast, dude, it was great. He goes, really? Yes. So it came my turn. I was the last one in the young group because I was the oldest. And I got up there. And I got ready, and I had my old, my old route planned out. And they said, on your mark, get set, 
go. And I climbed that wall as quick as I could. And I think I jumped like the last seven feet and rang that bell. Bing! Because I knew I couldn't fall, right? Ding! And I kind of floated back down. And I walked over there. And my buddy was just looking at me. He's like, dude. I'm like, was it that bad? He goes, no, you were fast, man. Seriously, you were fast. I was like, really? He goes, yeah, dude, you were real fast. So they started with like, you know, in in 100th place is, you know, <laughs> Tom Johnson. <laughs> I felt sorry for that dude, right? And so they start counting down all the way. Well, they get to 20. In 20th place is such and such, not us. We're like, dude, we're top 20. Yeah. 15th place, so-and-so, so-and-so. Top 15, yeah. 10th place, so-and-so. Ah Top 10, baby. Yo, we're giving high fives. In fifth place is somebody. Like, dude, we're like top four. In fourth place, somebody else. And now, all that's left is me, my buddy, and Bruce Lee. That's all that was left. So what do you look like? He was he was built, looked like he's you know CrossFit trainer and everything, and and here here's my buddy. He's a SWAT team member with the Midland PD. Here's me. I'm a cowboy dipping Copenhagen with a cowboy hat on and Bruce Lee over here, and they said, in third place, Bruce Lee. I'm like, woo! In first and second, and my buddy is standing there and he has the, like this horrible look on his face. I'm like, what's the matter? And he goes, if you beat me, I'm going to be mad. I was like, why? He goes, because you're old and play with cows. I work out. I run four miles in the morning, four miles at lunch, four miles, and you just dip snuff. <laughs> oh, it was great. But here's the last one that James says that you have to do if you want to be a top hand. Fiona, hush. You got to humble yourselves before God. You got to humble yourselves before God. That doesn't mean that that think to to be a doormat for somebody. It means that you have to put God first in everything in your life. Humble yourself before God and you will humble yourself before men. That does not mean that you become a doormat and let people walk all over you. It means that you put others before you. It's one of the hardest things in the world to do. But God himself said, man, if you try to raise yourself up and be somebody important, you're going to get knocked down. But if you go sit at the end of the table, if you go over there and you tie your horse to the fence and you go get on that ground crew in the very beginning, that boss is going to come along and say, get on your horse. You go rope first. Humble yourself before God. We all need to become top hands. There ain't no room, nor will it be tolerated, of squabbling, of quarreling, or nitpicking, or anything, envy, jealousy. We're all going to come together, and we're not going to come together so that we can look good. We're going to come together so that people will come to know God. That is my prayer, is that people will find that narrow gate, that they will come and they will see the joy that is found in eternity because our road to eternity to heaven starts right here and y'all are the cowboys and cowgirls it's god has called to go out and gather these pastures for the good news now i know a lot of you is wondering did he come in first or did he come in second i'm not even going to tell you next week let's go to god in prayer 
God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come out here, even in the wind and the dirt devils and the dust devils and all of that stuff. Not even a dust devil can keep us from proclaiming the good news of God. God, we thank you so much for what you have done in our lives, and we thank you for the life that, that's fixing to be given to you in baptism where, uh, where John identifies with your death, burial, and resurrection. And we thank, we thank you, and we know that the, the angels are rejoicing in heaven today. God, let this testimony of baptism on this ranch be a, be a beacon to others that they would do the same, that they would do what you said and follow you into that death, burial, and resurrection into life because, God, you raised your son from the dead, the very first one, so that we could all be raised up on that last day with him. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Have you ever dreamed of being a cowboy? Do you long to ride for the brand? If you're one of those rare individuals, then we at Save the Cowboy have something just for you. We believe that you are capable of more than you ever imagined. We are offering you the chance to ride for the Lord and save the Cowboys Long X Ranch. We can show you how to be stronger, go further, and ride harder than you ever thought possible. And you know what? We just happen to have a spot for a cowboy. You ready to saddle up? A Long X Ranch cowboy is a person wanting to take their relationship with God to the next level. Our cowboys strive to live a life worthy of their calling and help save the cowboy gather the lost and bring back those that have strayed away. Are you ready to take the outside? If so, go to SaveTheCowboy.com and sign up today. We'll be waiting on you.